Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You've been hearing throughout the morning reports of uh, a new study released by researchers at Brigham Young University making a number of claims, first and foremost, that masks, in fact, are effective. (laughs) I've been saying that for a long time. And now we've got some good smart people uh, here backing it up. It also talks about some of the fears which you may have seen circulating on social media or maybe in your own home or maybe you feel this way yourself, that there could be uh, certain risks posed by wearing a mask. Well, uh, these researchers tackled those questions and, as well. And joining me is one of the researchers responsible for this new report, uh, which you can find at kslnewsradio.com right now. Uh, Assistant Professor Ben Abbott of Environmental... I'm sorry? I'm sorry, I just got word in my ear that uh, that the, the phone call has dropped. We'll reconnect with the professor in just a moment, and uh, what he will share with us uh, are some fascinating findings. We, it's, uh, you hear sometimes in the political world of a, a, a poll of polls where information gathered by this poll and that poll is all brought together, and you analyze it in a, in a big, massive, macro type of way. And that is uh, much of what has been done uh, by these researchers at Brigham Young University. And we now uh, have reconnected uh, with Assistant Professor Ben Abbott of Environmental Science at Brigham Young University. Professor, how are you, sir? I'm really good. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk about this important subject. No, are you kidding me? Thank you for taking the time to dig into this and help uh, you know folks like me and, and everyone else who has a lot of uncertainty and, in fact, uh, kind of putting a lot of blind faith into the advice that we get from others. You, uh, via this research and via this presentation, help us uh, make sense of it all. So let me just ask you, first and foremost, what kicked off this study? Why, why engage in this question? You know, I was seeing so much confusion on Facebook and so much incorrect information shared uh, by a lot of sincere people uh, that really were looking for reliable information on COVID-19 that my research team and I, we just basically suspended our other efforts um, starting last week and have worked night and day on this report. Um, We read through about 130 scientific studies, tried to pick out what was most important. We looked at all the evidence for and against masks, and, and now have put together this report that we hope is really easy to understand. But I hope people also know it's completely based on the science. There's no p- politics in it. We just tried to put the information out there. Walk me through some of the biggest findings. So the, the number one finding is it looks like masks could be our safest and fastest bridge back to normal. Um, 
countries and regions that have implemented widespread masking have reduced the, the spread of COVID drastically. Uh, masks are extremely effective at, pre at preventing the spread of the disease. And then one of the surprising findings is even if you catch the disease in an area that's masking, it's less likely that you're going to have serious symptoms. Um, the medical research community thinks that's because if you, if you uh, get fewer of the viral particles into your body, you have a less severe reaction. So the, the, under, the main message is masks are extremely safe and they really could accelerate our recovery um, in beating COVID. Wow, the, the volume of the virus you are first exposed to may have an impact on your experience uh, with the virus should you contract it. That's right. And, you know, that's really good news at some level because it means even if not everybody's wearing their mask correctly uh, or if anything else happens, it still can have a really positive impact. So one of the things that we've seen is even though the cases are increasing rapidly, areas that have masks have much lower mortality rates. Uh, and that's held across laboratory studies and then also out, out in the field. So now we see there's this scientific consensus behind um, behind wearing masks. The problem is, of course, it only works if the majority of the population is wearing them uh, out in public. Most of these studies find that when 80% or more people are wearing masks, that that's more effective at stopping COVID-19 than a full-on shutdown. Um, so this could be a way of keeping our activities more or less normal, but getting, uh, get, pushing the virus, getting it back on its heels and, and uh, stopping it. I know you looked uh, exclusively at science as you studied uh, the, these other studies and scientific findings, but there may be an intersection here. Were you able to see any distinction between the, the outcome of populations wearing masks when those populations were, A, either mandated or, or B, left to their own uh, you know, free will and personal responsibility? Yeah, the, you know, the two big areas where people have, have worn masks are, first, Asian countries where masking has long been used um, to, to fight against disease. Those countries, it wasn't mandated, in, at least in most of them. It was just the population heard there was a pandemic. They started wearing their masks. Um, they had COVID-19 spread rates that were less than half of countries that didn't have that culture of masking. Um, that's also an important example because in those, in those cultures, children, adults, and even the elderly have long worn masks, showing how safe this intervention is. Uh, that was one of the things that we came across a lot on social media. People were making claims that masks reduce your oxygen level, increase your CO2 level, that there were issues with mildew. We found zero evidence in the scientific literature after reading 130 papers that masks are, are, are not safe for healthy individuals. If you've got a severely weakened uh, respiratory system, like if you're at the end of life because of kidney failure, then yes, you shouldn't wear a mask continually. But for all healthy individuals, children, adults, and elderly, it's uh, it's really safe. Now, I was reading about the uh, the findings for children two and and younger. There's an interesting concept or interesting principle you present or at least identify uh, with regard to, you know, the point that maybe, maybe these young kids uh, shouldn't be wearing them. And it is that they, if you're unable to put it on or take it off, uh, then maybe, maybe a mask isn't for you. Uh, but the yeah, the that's a really important point. Uh, children under two and then also people who are severely disabled uh, or in a coma who can't um, remove the mask themselves, they shouldn't wear a mask. That's mainly just uh, comfort and common sense. But because of the science of how the masks work, we still can get the benefit of reducing the spread of COVID as long as most people are wearing their masks. 
you looked back in uh, you look back in time. You look back to uh, the Spanish flu days. What did you learn doing that? Yeah, it was uh, this incredible case of deja vu. So we're reading about this flu just over 100 years ago. And actually, I have ancestors who, who died in that pandemic. Um, and you saw these arguments of people claiming, hey, masks aren't, uh, aren't effective. Uh, they give us a false sense of security. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and yet even all, going all the way back to the 1918 pandemic, uh, it looks like there was some, some effect there. The disease was very different. Uh, so the way that COVID-19 spreads is the reason why masks are so effective at stopping it. It spreads on these uh, tiny droplets that are produced when we speak. Uh, and interestingly, as many droplets are formed when you speak as, as, uh, as are formed when you cough. So it's not just if you have symptoms. Uh, it's not just if you're coughing. Mm. We need everybody to wear this. Masks are extremely effective at protecting your loved ones, your neighbors from the virus that you may not know you carry. That's, that's another key finding. More than half of new cases appear to be related to uh, individuals who are asymptomatic, they're not showing any symptoms, or pre-symptomatic. They have the disease, but it hasn't shown up yet. So even if you feel totally healthy, please wear a mask. Uh, It would be great for your loved ones. It also can help us with our economic recovery. Professor Abbott, thank you so much. Assistant Professor of Environmental Science at Brigham Young University, uh, leading a research project here and releasing information, data that just shows what we've been talking about for so long, that these masks actually do have an impact and that they can move us towards uh, this coronavirus being someday in our rearview mirror. Professor, thanks again. Thank you for taking the time. Have a good day. Absolutely, you too. We will uh, take a quick break right here. I'll post this research paper on my Facebook page. You can have a look at it there yourself. Uh, There are some questions we weren't able to get to with the professor there, including uh, masks in schools. Is there a measurable impact uh, on our communities should these students return to school be wearing masks? I'll post that. You can read that yourself. Quick break right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about exactly that. School districts reopening, specifically the Salt Lake City School District. Will it reopen? Should it reopen? 